Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're talking about two fascinating documentaries, The Social Dilemma, about just how awful Facebook is, and Boys State, about just how awful boys are, and most states, and my current state of mind. Okay, as always, you can rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you're able to do such things. Uh, It helps people find us, so many thanks. Um, Let's kick it off with The Social Dilemma, a new documentary on HBO. Um, It's directed by Jeff Orlowski, and it basically features talking heads from all over the tech industry talking about... um, Social media, uh, things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the usual suspects, how they were designed to be addictive, and just how dangerous they can end up being. What did you think of this documentary, Fanny? Okay, fair warning. I put a shot of vodka in my White Claw (laughs) before we started this, (laughs) so it might get a little ranty up in here. What is that called? That needs to be a... There's like, you know when they have little secret menu items at Starbucks or whatever? It's called... Fanny hates everybody. <laughs> it's All called right, Rant Away. Talk with Fanny. Um, what did I think of this documentary? Uh, I was horrified by this documentary and found myself sitting there and also getting defensive. Well, I don't, well, um, uh, you know, because as the people were telling you, we find reasons to still keep going, uh, even as we are being duped into using these things, these horrible, small, incessant worms that get into our blood and then spread and become addictive. And yet I'm so addicted to it that I want to try and figure out how to make it that I'm not, that I, since I'm aware, I don't have a problem. And that's what the movie was about. (laughs) I, I, Liked it. I did find, I'm glad that all of these people are standing up, but I also, watching The Vow, I'm going to tie this in here. When I watch, as I watch The Vow, I feel like. Give us a little context for The Vow. The Vow is the Nexium, uh, the the cult documentary on HBO. It's about the, the sex cult Nexium, and it is, it features and sort of shines a light on three particular whistleblowers. And I say whistleblowers in scare quotes. My feeling is that they're not, these people are not saying, this is also how I profited from it. And this is my responsibility. And this is what I need to atone for. And I feel like some of these talking heads that sat in their director's chairs and told us how they had spent so much time turning us all into lab rats. Yes, you're talking about it and that's great. And I'm really happy for you, but we had already figured this out (laughs) and we knew we didn't maybe know the depth of it, but we knew that this was insidious and yet you want 
credit for saying that it's really bad. And so I had that feeling about it of, okay, it's nice that in the end credits, you're telling us the small things we can do to make it better. But what, what are you actually going to do to make it better? <laughs> and, and these are all people who have left those positions. I know that. So there's nothing at stake. So no, no. Yeah. So it's oh. like, right. Yeah. It's just kind of like, why didn't you, you knew this while you were doing yeah. it as much as you pretend you didn't. Yeah. Why didn't you do something then? Yeah. I mean, there's an outrage there that they don't really get to. Yeah. You waited until it had benefited you to the point where you could be comfortable and happy and your kids could be comfortable and happy and you could take take all of their technology away from them because you already knew how you were going to make sure that they didn't turn into little lab rats while the rest of us turned our, everybody else into lab rats. And now you're saying, Oh yeah, it was really bad. And we're sorry. And that kind of grossed me out a little bit, you know? <laughs> and, and now there's a new industry in your Ted talk about how corrupt this all was. Right. It does seem like yet yeah, just one more pivot in a certain way yeah. that, um, that part of it's a little gross. I yep. agree. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I kind of had the same reaction. I liked it, but I had some reservations. Um, I really did not care for the sort of movie within the documentary. They do this thing where they have a storyline about a family, you know, falling apart. Thanks to social media. It felt very like after school special. Um, who that was Skyler from Skyler. No, no, no. The, the actor is Skyler, uh, Skyler Giz Gazondo from uh, Santa Clarita Diet and the Righteous Gemstones, who I just love so much. And he was the main kid that was getting corrupted. Ah, and then okay. Pete from uh, Mad Men and Angel's son, or an angel, yeah. whose name is Vincent Carheister, which he does not. He looks like Pete Campbell. So I'm just always going to call him Pete Campbell because he doesn't fit his name. He doesn't look like That's Vincent. Funny. So. I did not recognize him yeah. at all. Um, he was the three little things that were controlling him. The algorithms. Yeah, yeah, they sort of combine this after school special with this sort of inside out knockoff right. storyline yeah. um, that just to me was it kept cutting away. I was like, oh, yeah, you did this instead of getting more actual information. Um, cool. Um, but it it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it doesn't I wouldn't say that it brings up any really kind of revolutionary sort of thoughts about this that we haven't thought of ourselves. Right. Um, but it, it, I guess it is interesting and probably worth watching just for seeing how blatantly the, the things you suspect about these platforms are actually true and hearing it right. from the creators. Right. Um, and they do a nice job of tying, you know, the sort of disinformation to what's happening now and sort of why that's happened. I thought there was a really good analogy that somebody makes, I forget who, during the documentary about Wikipedia and sort of saying, look, this is like if you went to Wikipedia and there were like three different versions based on who you were. Right. Um, and I was like, wow. I mean, it's so obvious, but it's such a good way to put it and sort of think about it. Right. Um, we were telling these alternate histories through social media and that's horrifying. And the interesting thing of, you know, when you start to put a search in that it will fill it for where you are and what you have done in the past. So you are only getting back what you want from the world, which is the whole Horrifying. problem and how we are becoming so separate and, and so angry at everybody else. And now, now I still firmly believe that I'm absolutely right. And those people are absolutely wrong, but also I'm getting that back every time I search at Google, every time I, you know, go on to Facebook, 
I am also being told that the same way the people who are extreme the other direction are being told that I'm an idiot and I'm, you know, I didn't believe in Pizzagate and, you know, and that was actually real and, you know, and it's insidious and awful and gross. And at the same time, I, there are things about it that I enjoy and I don't know what the fuck we do. I know. There's no easy solutions. It, mostly everybody seemed to land on regulation is the answer, right. but there's no money in regulation. So nobody's going to so do that. So nobody's going to do that um, because they need more to sit on their piles of money and, to, and then tell us how, how they're fucking us. And that's exactly. what is wrong with the world. And so wealth and you... equality. Wealth and equality. Wealth and equality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a, there's a shot of vodka in my white claw, claw y'all. And the socialist is coming out and this it ugh! Medicare for all and wealth and equality tax the rich. Okay, moving on. <laughs> red, red claws, more like it. Am I right? Yeah, yep, um, yep. <laughs> pinko claw. So, right, pinko claw. Love it. Are you going to do anything differently going forward based on this movie? I don't know. Maybe use incognito more, more so that it doesn't save my searches, but. I don't use a ton of social media. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll tweet out something funny every once in a while. I'll, you know, things like that. But like the only thing I've ever done on Instagram, my son had to open the account for me. And the only thing I do is I get direct messages from him that shows me cute animals. That is how I use Instagram. I do. (laughs) I don't know how to do anything else. That's how I know. Um, And Facebook. I mean, I do doom scrolling and mostly talk to my book group so i don't know exactly what i can do you know <laughs> yeah and i think right now it's especially hard with with covid just sort of it is nice to be connected i mean i have friends you know in different countries and it's yep. just nice to have that platform to sort of just easily see what they're up to and um so you know i don't know that right now is the time for me to go on a mass like rant about quitting right. facebook but um i, I talk to I'm me when the, thinking about it yeah talk to me when we can easily get to people and sit with people and you know and if there's a way to monetize a less horrible version of this please someone do it exactly um, or don't you i mean uh, i know i know pinko you know pinko claw and all that but why do we have to completely monetize it why can't we all i don't know well, and it's like Wikipedia somehow survives. I don't think, I mean, I don't know this. I'm curious. If anyone knows, let us know. Um, like, I, I feel like Wikipedia just keeps itself running, keeps the lights on. Right, exactly. Uh, because it's an important mission. And maybe there's something to be said for that. But when it comes to just communication, nobody's really invested in that. There's always money to be made. So, right. Um, it's tough. Um, I will say I downloaded Quant, a browser that they mentioned. That's that a they European recommended, browser. yeah. And I played around with it a little bit, and it sucks. It's cool. I mean, what they said seemed cool. The one thing that it did not do, which for me was uh, kind of a deal breaker, was there was no um, um, shoot. Now I'm forgetting what it was. There was something crucial. I didn't like it. You're right. There was one thing I was like, nope, not going to work. I'll I'll remember it and I'll tweet it. Whatever I didn't like about Quant, right. Um, so I went back to Sad Safari. Um, all right. Should we talk about Boys State? Yeah. What's Boys State about? Uh, Boys State is about an American Legion camp in Texas where they 
pick a whole bunch of boys. There is a girl state too, by the way, and put them all. It's to teach about government and the way that our country runs. And they, it's like a week long camp where they indoctrinate. I mean, teach (laughs) young men about public service and government. It is on Netflix. Uh, the, I don't know if they're the directors or just creators, uh, are Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss. Both directors, I think. uh, Yeah, that's what I thought. I was just making sure. And what'd you think, Justin? I tipped my hand a little. (laughs) I really liked it. Um, it, I I read a bunch of stuff before I saw it talking about how kind of unpleasant it was. Um, And it's interesting because it's such a uh, Rorschach test of like, you can look at it and sort of see the horrible stuff about how these kids are basically it's a factory from shitty little white assholes to shitty little white assholes in power just slightly right. older um and, and how it really they absolutely lays... learn how to fuck the system you know oh completely move I mean, the, the whole... system to their will and yep the whole thing is you get these kids that you know say terrible things that are awful and manipulative and then they're also just admitting i don't really believe any of this stuff but this right. is how you win the game right. um, the because i'm here game. to learn about how to win the game um and it's sort of a really fascinating not even just like a look into how it's seating those people but also just like this is the value of the camp right um, it's sort of yeah and the they, they think they're pulling something away from it instead of this is horrifying that that's what you're taking away you know look I ended up liking the Quaid kid, the kid who thought he, okay, there was a young gentleman who wore a white tank top and was from Texas and talked a lot of like Dennis Quaid and kind of had Dennis Quaid in breaking away head uh, hair. And I could see him going, I'm just going to be 20 year old Mike, 30 year old Mike. <laughs> anyway. And he lied about his, his, he, his stance on abortion in order to try and win. And, and I thought he had a nice, story arc i did did like him um but i can't remember the kid who was on the other side of the fence what was his name whose father I liked to remember. be shirtless anyway yeah that guy's a monster oh yeah and totally he's gonna grow up and he will end up working for the cia and he will end up killing us all <laughs> totally <laughs> um but there are also some parker says his name was ben thing. Oh, Ben. <laughs> Thank you, right. Ben, right, who also is this kid who um, is uh, quad- quadriplegic. Um, no, he was just, he had an amputee. I don't think he, because he quadriplegic means you're paral- paralyzed. Oh. He was an amputee. Right, he was an amputee. Yeah. Um, from, what did he say? Meningitis? Meningitis, like which, yeah. nice that you had insurance to save you from meningitis, child, when lots yeah. of other kids would have died if not in your situation. But sure, we don't want Medicare for all. No, we don't, we don't want that because it's bad. And even his story, though, is sort of interesting in that it sheds a light on this, like, you know, he has persevered in his confidence and and whatever. There's something like, oh, this is like we all kind of suffer, right? Like everybody has their shit that they deal with, even the worst, like, you know, whatever Trump supporters. But it's like where they direct that sort of confidence and that sort of like, I'm going to overcome this, like how where that gets pointed. I thought it was a really interesting look at sort of. That kid. I mean, I really did not like him, but I found the He's story very like, yeah, telling. telling You're a better the story person than me because I felt absolutely no sympathy for that guy or respect. I just thought he was a fucking monster. Yeah, I mean, he was. He seemed 
scarily prescient or yep. whatever the word is. Oh, precocious. yeah, 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 like, no, absolutely. He just, like, yeah, he just, and like, he, n- knew what he was doing in a terrifying yeah, way. Yeah, and he will end up running the CIA, and he's going to get yeah. us all killed. All, yeah. All but all that said, there are two stories about um, a kid from Chicago. One question, how did that kid end up at the Texas Boys State? Well, he they'd moved to Texas. He okay. grew up in Chicago, but they, his family had moved to Texas. So, And he is a black kid who is maybe queer. I, don't, I could be reading into that. I don't no, know. I think I he was. And speculate. I think he almost said it. Yeah. I definitely he, got the feeling basically um is a natural leader and is quickly elected chairman and he is people trying to impeach him and it's very clear it's because he's black and different than them and the way that he he takes it it so well oh my god i mean there's a line that he has a comeback line that i don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it where he uh just basically reads the hell out of the room that is probably my favorite really good pop culture moment of the year really good um and there's another kid who we both loved that uh uh, why don't you talk about it because he was so great his name is steven garza and he is a latino kid from he wasn't from texas but he'd moved to texas as well and he showed up to the bust alone because his parents were working. So there was nobody there to, to send him off. And he just begins kind of glad handing and introducing himself right away. And he was so soft spoken and sweet and earnest. And I want to grow up and vote for him. <laughs> and his story and his arc of you expect him to just get destroyed by these kids, you know? And you're like, oh, this is going to be heartbreaking to watch him watch the piranhas go. And instead he comes so close (laughs) to, to taking it and to, you know, and he takes it as a success and people on both sides of the, the, if to hear them say nationalist, they, they name the two, you know, parties, nationalist and federalist, but yeah, that was, oh, it so was uncomfortable to hear them keep saying nationalist. Yeah. But anyway, uh, on both from both parties come over and say, look, you, you inspired me and, and I'm proud of you. And his, the way he takes it is so beautiful. And I was, and I won't spoil, they do codas after and they say where everybody goes, but I'm so proud of this kid and I want to follow him and see where he goes. And he made watching the indoctrination of a couple hundred other kids worth it because as much as Ben will end up in the CIA and try and kill us all, Steven's going to try and make sure it doesn't happen. So, I mean, his just sort of like confidence and strength through just civility and i mean it just was like set up as such an antidote to everything we're dealing with in this country right now um and just you know the fact that sort of the immigrant story of like his family just sort of yeah like like we're looking in the wrong corners it's not Mm. working for us let's look to new corners and he's like I'm owning this room from this corner. <laughs> he was the embodiment um, of what Michelle Obama means when she says, if they go low, we go high. You yeah, know, he's, he's he was like stunning kind yep. of personality. Yep. Um, just, just really lovely. Um, anything else you want to say about it? No, I think that's good. Yeah. I, I really liked it overall. I think that's a great, um, it, it surprised me. I, I sort of went in very like nervous about it. Yeah, me too. I, I thought it was really well done and, and definitely worth watching. 
Um, all right. Should we talk about uh, our pop culture segment, which we have decided we're not going to call We Did What You Saw There. We did what um, you saw there. Wh- sure. What have you been up to? Why don't you go first? I thought it was you. I, I had my are. notes up to respond to some of your pop okay, culture. I'll go first. I'll go okay. first. Okay. Um, I watched Raised by Wolves on yes, HBO. Yes, you did. This is Ridley Scott's uh, new series, uh, sci-fi about androids on a planet trying to raise crazy little embryo babies that they made themselves. Uh, they seem to care about these children, but may or may not be evil. They are also dealing with um, crazy creatures on the planet, plus a bunch of atheist humans that are out to uh, kill them because they've turned on their overlords or whatever. <laughs> um I really enjoyed this. I, I recognize that it is sort of high schmaltz, sort of old school Arthur Clarke level uh, sci-fi wonkiness, wankiness. Um, see, look at me getting in the way of what I know you're going to say. Um, but I found this really beautiful to look at. Um, I really think the visuals in this show are just kind of on another level. For yeah, they blew those TV. people up really great. It's it's gross, but the thing I like about Ridley Scott is like it's it doesn't linger on the grossness too much. And actually, I think he finds the gore sort of beautiful, which is always a little disturbing in its own way. Um, but it didn't. It I don't know. I can watch it being a total uh, gore wimp. Um, but I find that the lead performance I totally don't know her name, but as the, the main android mother, she's really good and really unsettling. Um, and so is the father, actually. He's he's great, too. Um, and then there's another story about basically these atheists and this they steal the identity of these other people and they take this kid uh, and they sort of end up caring for him. I, I'm just totally invested. It is pulp. It is trash. I'm not saying there's anything like deep about it i mean we'll see where it goes i mean it um, thinks it's deep does it i mean yes yeah, it does nothing is that slow and boring that doesn't think it's deep oh it's funny i don't find it boring at all oh. but i am such a sci-fi nerd that i like i'm eating this up with a giant uh space age spoon okay so uh. i got a text from you that said <laughs> you might like this why have you met me, Justin, since we were twelve <laughs> ever in our whole lives? Here are was, my notes. Dinosaurs in space discovered by androids, but at least it's slow moving and drolly British. Oh, and children are in peril. Why do some of these children have different accents? Why why is why is that child Australian? Why? Why? His DNA is that. No, way. no, you don't. Accents don't come from your DNA. I knew you were going to say that, and I was ready for it. <laughs> and you're right. But and I just also wanted to say the dumb answer. But at least this is hyper violent while also being stilted and boring. I choose Bird Box. Like, <laughs> if I had to choose between which world to be in, wow. I choose Bird Box, and I haven't even watched Bird Box. Okay? Oh, wow. You wouldn't say that if you'd seen Bird Box. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, there's nothing in this that is for me. It was so it was I did not know how I was gonna make it through a single episode of the show. 
Did you only except, watch one episode? Yes, except yeah. to sit down and write all of the ways that I can't believe you would ever even say, Fanny, <laughs> you might find this interesting. Because I look at things and I think, Justin, this isn't for you. And I tell you, Justin, this isn't for you. Now you go ahead and watch them anyway. And then you tell me everything you hated about them. But I do tell you that they are not for you. Because I have met you once or twice since we were 12. This I hate it. Well, I mean, it's getting some bad reviews. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, all right. I'm going to go I'm back keep going. to my pinko claw and right. move on. I'll keep going. Um, in other things that I probably recommended to you that are not for you, Undone on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is a short series um about basically a woman who becomes kind of unstuck in time after a car accident. She is uh, from a biracial family. Um, she's the lead character is played by Rosa Salazar, um, who is fantastic in this. And I think is the main reason I would recommend this. Um, she was in Battle Angel, whatever, Attila, whatever that terrible sci-fi movie was with the big creepy eyes that they pasted on her. And I remember thinking like, oh, this poor, terrible actor and this is going to be the end of her career. She's apparently really good when she gets good uh, actual content. Um, this is animated, I would say, in the style of uh, Waking Life by Richard Linklater. It's filmed and then it's sort of drawn over it to give it this sort of surreal uh, look at first it was very distracting um it ends up going in these kind of fantasy sort of time unraveling kind of directions that i think it was kind of the only way they could do it um i would have almost preferred it to be totally animated like it, it is a little uncanny to look at these people and see this weird animation on top of them um bob odenkirk plays her father he is really good uh basically he is appearing to sort of help um her unravel the sort of mystery around his death um and it sort of brings up all of her anger at him for you know being the white part of her family for being dead uh, and for being dead her sister is sort of this crazy loose cannon um and she's always sort of being compared to her i really like this it's short it flies by quickly it's nothing i ever want to see a, a sequel for um it's her boyfriend in it i forget the actor who plays him but he was also in um something else i've seen i'm spacing on it but he's really good um and i found their story so sweet and romantic i like this i recommend it it's not like a home run i think the ending falls a little flat but if you like sort of light kind of sci-fi romance mystery blend with a little animation on top this is for you um also i watched uh i am thinking of ending things on netflix Based on a book by Ian Reed. I don't know how you say that. Yeah, Ian. I think it's just Ian. It's just uh, Ian. It is, yeah, directed by Charlie Kaufman, uh, who did obviously um, Being John Malkovich and a few other movies that are somewhat well liked. Uh, it stars Jesse Plemons, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. Thewlis. Uh, did you watch this fan? I can't remember. No. Um, now, from a- what you said, it seemed like. It would make me angry. So I've already been violently angry about something that you watched this week, so uh, I avoided it. Well, and this movie's bad. Um, it's just super pretentious. And it's one of those movies that starts off like, okay, I'm going to go with you, movie. Where are you taking me? Um, it's Nobody's acting even remotely like human beings, and there seems to be a sort of 
you know, some kind of fantasy twist coming in. Okay, no, you're just being obtuse and weird. And now I have to Google uh, after sitting here for more than two hours. Now I have to Google the movie to figure out what some people think might have happened. Um, <laughs> there are some good performances. It is, you know, visually like a Car- Charlie Kaufman movie, um, which, you know, you've seen before probably. And there's more of that if you're into that. Uh, this movie is pretentious and terrible. And the one thing I'll say about it is Jesse Buckley is terrific. I don't know who she is, but I really thought she was great in it. It's just a weird performance in an otherwise bad movie. Uh, moving on. I rented a couple movies with my parents. I was uh, up in Tahoe for my first time uh, hanging out with my parents. The text, Are we going to talk about Longmire? No, the text <laughs> of your, like, the conversations were just so everyone trapped in a small space with their parents that they made me so happy, especially the, are you sure this is where we left off? Is that a snake? I just, there was a it was lot. so heartwarming and wonderful and I loved it so much. There was a lot of watching of Longmire. I, I didn't even put this in the notes because I'm too traumatized for anyone. <laughs> well, and Longmire. it wasn't your choice. It wasn't your yeah. pop culture. <laughs> oh, um, so we finally, after watching, you know, six hours of Longmire while I grumbled <laughs> and texted Fanny, I, my mom finally was like, okay, we got to give a little bit. So we had two movie rental nights. Uh, one was Marshall, uh, the... I would say biopic, but it's not a biopic. It's a story about uh, Thurgood Marshall. Um, first, starring Chadwick Boseman, who recently passed. And we talked about this last week. It's super sad. Um, my first thought about this movie is, why didn't they call it Thurgood? Like, I mean, if you're going to choose between the two names, this is a very Seinfeldy bit here, but you got Marshall, you got Thurgood. Like, what? You're going to go with Marshall? I don't fair, understand. Fair. Um, you know what? Fair. <laughs> it uh, It's not a terrible movie. Um, he's very good in it. Uh, like if you haven't seen him in anything other than Black Panther, it's, it's really fun to watch him do something totally different and just completely disappear into the role. He was fantastic. Also Josh Gad, uh, coming up later for your conversations about Central Park is really good in this. Um, I was super surprised. He plays the white, um, lawyer that, um, basically Thurgood Marshall pairs with to sort of try and win this case but the thing that was weird about it it's just about one early case of his um and it's not a particularly interesting case and a lot of it feels a little like kind of corny like lawyer courtroom hoo-ha um and it ends and you sort of think and he's off to like another case and you're like was this a pilot like pitched like the adventures of Thurgood Marshall like where he goes from town to town like solving like crimes or whatever um obviously he's such an important figure in our lives and I I just I wanted to know more about his whole life and the movie doesn't give you that and I guess that's fine but it wasn't particularly good as just a single case court story either um I also watched on a compromise with my parents, Hard Day's Night, the Beatles movie, um, which I have never seen. Um, I'm a Beatles fan. I love the Beatles music. I grew up with it. It's sort of some of my favorite music. It's on the Criterion Network if you're interested. It's not a very good movie. It's boring and strange. And my dad, who loves it, or at least has very fond memories of it, at the end of the movie was like, I don't think that's the good one. <laughs> it's like, are, are you thinking of Yellow Submarine or Help? Like, what? <laughs> like, um, it's odd. And they were such little shitheads. It's like, they were just young, punky kids. And it's sort of like, 
why are we watching this movie? I don't know. It just was odd. Great songs, but you've heard them a billion times. Right? Um, Especially with that one, right? Yeah. Uh, Go through a couple books here quickly. Um, I read The Beautiful Ones, which is... uh, This is a sad one. It's uh, a book that was supposedly going to be Prince's memoir... Um, that had a ghostwriter kind of helping him tell his story. Uh, Prince died very early on in the process. They decided to release this book with basically a very long intro about the uh, ghostwriter's uh, experience of working with Prince and preparing for the book. Um, Puck's too excited about Prince. I'm so sorry, guys. I thought Puck Um, loved Prince, but apparently I think that's a happy mark. That's a happy mark. It is. Um, But it is very it's made me sad mostly because it just feels very incomplete and actually the portions of it that are in there of prince's writing are i don't know you're like i it's all written in the like to you for i like all the prince language and like right. i get what they're doing but i also like really would have loved for him to have worked with an editor and a writer and really just been kind of more straight shooting. And I'm sure some of that was the plan and it just got derailed. Um, I'm glad I read it because I learned a few new things and it is nice to hear his voice. And there are some nice revelations that are very kind of direct from him um, that I hadn't heard before. And I love Prince. So I will forever just read anything and watch anything about him or from him. Um, but yeah, not, not quite the, the memoir I was hoping for. Okay. I have one more book. Um, it is, we set the dark on fire. It is by, um, I'm probably going to butcher this name. I'm sorry. Taylor K. Mejia. Um, it is a sort of dystopian YA novel um, about uh, a fictional sort of Latin American set country um, where there is horrible, horrible wealth inequality. Uh, drink your, your pinko claw. That's it. Um, and there is a, a poor sort of woman from across sort of the wall um, of this, this, story where she basically has been um groomed into being this um you know courtesan well she's actually not the courtesan there's it's interesting these royals basically get a sort of a courtesan pretty kind of person that they have sex with and go on to parties with and then there's also the sort of prim and proper kind of wife who manages all the duties it's a little handmaid's tale um feeling um but it ends up being a sort of queer love story. Um, I'll just say that without sort of spoiling too much and also becomes this political thriller where some of the, you know, women involved in this are sort of leading uh, a bit of a revolution. It is really good. It's, it's very brisk. It's very efficient. Um, It ended and I didn't realize it was a series or I don't know if it's a series, but there's at least one more book. And I did not know that that's the worst thing when you finish the book and you're like, wait, what? Um, so now I need to go read the second book pretty quickly. But uh, we set the dark on fire. Um, definitely worth reading. Um, and sort of it's YA, but it's sort of, you know, in that mid realm. I think really anybody would enjoy it. It's just sort of a solid. Young adult um, is 15 to 25. Yes. And all the way up to 48, apparently. Well, no, um, I know. But it's like, it's not teenagers it's not middle grade it's not kids it is right. young adult it is reading about people who are encountering things for the first time who are learning to become adults and that can adults can read that too which I, mm, 
not going to yep. go into that rant because I'm on pinko rants tonight, not YA is an actual genre and can be literature rant, but it All is right. about youthful protagonists. It's not necessarily about we can't write because they're about kids. Right. What else you got? Let's let's hear your uh, what 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 did you do that we saw there? <laughs> OK, I'm drinking. Hold on. Okay. Um, I don't have a straw, so I can't blow into it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I have been at my desk at at work some. So I've been trying to find podcasts that don't have the little E. That's not ours because I say fuck too much. So we have the little E for explicit. But then again, I've kind of figured, well, we don't have a lot of kids. So maybe if they don't say a lot of bad, bad words, I'll be okay. So I found a podcast called Can't Stop Watching which is an interview show, usually around half an hour. And they interview one actor and uh, David Harbour, Betty Gilpin, uh, Brian Cox, uh, the guy who plays Greg, who's Nicholas Braun. Um, And just, they're somewhat lighthearted, but they've all started within quarantine. So they have some same questions about how are you dealing with this? How do you think your character would? And they have this very neat segment where they have the person that they're interviewing ask, they know who the next interview will be, ask that person a question. And then that person has to answer it and then ask the next person a question. So it's a very little ingenious way to keep you listening (laughs) Sounds and fun. To people that you wouldn't necessarily listen to. And right. I've been enjoying that at my desk. They're somewhat lighthearted. And I do and I do love to hear Brian Cox in his succession voice tell people to fuck off. So <laughs> his had a little E, but it was Brian Cox, so I listened anyway. Um, so I can recommend Can't Stop Watching. And that's that. I also finally did watch Class Action Park. Uh, I watched this with my friend Olive who has some rule following proclivities and we had been joking that we were going to drink every time she said no but then we realized we didn't want to go to the ER for alcohol poisoning in COVID times because she oh no oh oh no 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 I don't like this no no and even now 10 days later I'll have her in the car and she'll just all of a sudden go Alpine slide. (laughs) I think I broke her. So I did watch this. I did laugh until I cried at some points. Um, Mr. Get hard, which that can't be his real name. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, it can't seen him before. He's like done a bunch of comedy, but okay. But that can't be his real name. Right. I know that's not how you pronounce it. I forget how you say it. It's like Gethard or something. All right. His name is get hard. (laughs) Come on. He got teased a lot as a kid. I'm sure. And so we dealt with it by going down the Alpine slide. Exactly. Had me laughing until I thought I would, I like, I was literally crying. And then, yeah, the, as the you said. The footage of the ads and stuff are just brilliant. Yes. And the 80s hair and the, you know, I, I did very much enjoy it. I am very glad that Action Park no longer exists. I think that guy was a bad guy. Um, Moving on. On HBO, I watched 15 to 20 minutes of Dr. Sleep. Don't watch uh, this movie. This is not good. Uh, I don't care how much you think Ian Mc, uh, you know, Ian uh, blah, 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 is cute. Just McGregor. He, 
it's not worth it. it it's, it's so how, is it bad? How is it bad? Is it just like boring? Or? It is boring. It's poorly written. It's not greatly acted. The girl in the hat, I don't care. Um, yeah, they, although the person who in fake flashbacks plays the, um, I can only think of olive oil. That's not her name. Help me. <laughs> um, I don't, any more context. Oh, she played uh, all Shelley, of Sh- Shelley, Shelley Mc- Duvall. Yeah. Shelley Duvall. The person that is playing that character in fake flashbacks does a really good, uh, Shelley Duvall impersonation. That's the only thing I can give this movie. Okay. Not good. Turn it off after 15 minutes. We'll not go back. Okay. Um, on HBO, I, I watched Unpregnant. It bothers me beyond a way that I can explain that there have been two movies this year about road trips, friends bonding over having to take a road trip, a long road trip to go have accessible abortions, which... I will remind you are legal in this fucking country, by the way. Unpregnant is the, the fun take on, you know, the road trip and the friend and the, you know, it's the more Juno-y one instead of uh, sometimes uh, rarely, always sometimes rarely never, which is the more indie droll depressing take on this. Um, this is a really good movie, actually. It's uh, Greg Berlanti is one of the producers and it has that Love, Simon feel. It has, you know, it's sharp writing that maybe that's not how teenagers actually talk. Um, I recommend watching this on HBO. It, it was very fun. It was very good. I wasn't expecting much and really enjoyed it. But again, get your shit together. Abortion is legal. Medicare for all. I'm going to have my, my pinko claw, <laughs> but it's really good. I, I super recommend it. It's like book smart meets abortion. That doesn't sound great, but trust me, it's really good. <laughs> um, I watched enlighten us, the rise and fall of Arthur Ray James. Arthur Ray James is a secret, the, the secret guy. Um, oh God who was put in, I talked about him on a podcast when I was talking about a podcast I listened to called the guru. He was put in prison for uh, facilitating a sweat lodge that ended up in two people's death. This was months after he'd already done a sweat lodge that people got really sick in. So he knew the, the risks. So they got him on involuntary manslaughter. This movie follows him after he's gotten out of prison and has resumed his speaking cult, like, please come and give me money for telling you how to make yourself better and yelling at you career where he tells you what a victim he is. It was hard to watch this documentary, but it was also very interesting. And you know, me and cults, I like them, but he absolutely has no remorse for what he has done. Ugh. He and Keith, yeah. Keith Rainier can be play one-on-one volleyball in prison. Yeah. Yeah. They can go play volleyball in, in prison together. Yes. Cause this guy will go back to prison. Cause he's gonna, he's got such hubris. He's going to fuck something else up. Totally. So everybody avoid <laughs> Arthur James Ray. First off, he has three first names. Can't trust him. <laughs> um, so, so avoid him. Do not go to his seminars. Do not give him money. He may kill you. I watched Third Day on HBO. This is I was the Jude curious Law. about this. Yeah. 
I'm going to give it more time. It's scary. It was spooky, which I wasn't. It looks spooky. It's very spooky, which I didn't know that I was expecting it to actually make me get up and check the doors. <laughs> oh, wow. To make sure they were locked. But I'm not sure where it's going. So I will watch more. I like this the small town that you kind of can't escape that has sucked you in storyline. That's always interesting to me. This is Jude Law and Emily Watson and uh, everybody's good. I don't know where it's going yet, but I think it is worth checking out. Um, and okay, Justin, put your glow coat on. <laughs> I turned on central park ready to be like, this is animated. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't care what you say. And have now watched the entire series twice through, <laughs> and I listened to the soundtrack at my desk. Yay! <laughs> I'm so in love with this show, and this music, and all of these characters and actors, and I just, I loved it so much. I'm just, I'm not even gloating. I'm just so happy because it's such a joy of a show. And it's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. makes me happy to yeah. share there that joy. Are, yeah. I would say let's choose something and play a song for somebody right now, for the for the audience right now. But I just, I don't even know that I could pick. You know what? Uh, except- let's, let's take a break here and we're going to play something without uh, revealing it right now because we won't think about it on the spot. We'll think about it. But we're going to take a break right here and play something from Central Park. Another day of this Living in a made-up world where I fit I know I can dominate More than two-dimensional space Did I just break that? I'm sorry And if I had my way I could surprise them I'd flip the script and say Everybody else's lines like Hello, good morning to you, fine sir You're looking well Why am I doing an accent? Or yes! I mean, right? I wouldn't get tongue-tied, get nervous, but he's so tall. How old is he? She's gorgeous. Is it too much to ask for? I want to be more... Okay, that was that song from Central Park. <laughs> Woo! We really liked it. It's delightful. Um, and my I'm friend so Allie, who I don't know if she's listening to the podcast or not, has been ex- got extremely bad food poisoning and is literally being treated for dysentery, um, which, yes, I know is just really bad food poisoning, but still it sounds scary and organ traily and all of that. And while she was at home being horribly ill, uh, I sent her... Because she is a third grade teacher, I thought that um, one of the songs from Central Park would really mean something to her. And I sent it to her and I was correct. She really liked it. And she recorded a just a piano version of a Weirdos Make Great Superheroes for me. And it is haunting and beautiful. And it literally made me cry. I love that. So, yes. Oh. So thank you, Central Park. And Thank you, Leslie Odom Jr. and Catherine Hahn and David Diggs for singing to me at my desk when I want to kill people. 
Also, Kristen so Bell and Titus Burgess, you're fine too. <laughs> okay, I have some, that's all of my uh, pop culture this week, but I have some kind of newsy stuff that I kind of like sure. to talk about. Go for it. Um, I, I didn't know I needed an Ant-Man 3. In fact, I thought I was fine with Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, he doesn't he doesn't age, all of that stuff. Yeah, 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 blah blah blah. Until they decided to put Jonathan Majors as the villain in Ant-Man 3 and now I need Ant-Man 3. As long as he's like in those t-shirts all the time. Yeah, the t-shirts are good. Yep, yep. He'll he'll be like t-shirt man. Yeah, Evil t-shirt totally. man. Looks good in any t-shirt. That's his power. Yeah. Yeah. And we, if we want to catch up a little bit on Lovecraft Country, I, I will hat tip to the fact that they had both uh, Shangela and Monet Exchange in their most recent episode. episode so that was cool. <sighs> we should briefly maybe say thoughts on that most recent episode. Um, yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, very shockingly body horror explicit episode. <laughs> That's not the way they did it in the book. <laughs> It's our, uh, better, and it, our trivia team name, but the yeah, book was better. The book was Can better. It is literally our team name. Um, <sighs> I didn't think it was necessary for it to be that gross because it is one of my favorite chapters in the book. Ruby's story and her, the seduction of being able to walk around comfortable at, in your environment, not necessarily your skin, but to have that power of people are looking out for me, people are giving me things, I, I can be comfortable. It's a great chapter, and I loved it, and it's probably my favorite in the book. So I wish they hadn't gone straight gross-out horror with it, because I thought yeah. it took something away from it. She is so good, the, the yes. actor playing Ruby, and it just was such a compelling, great, like, this is the, the stuff that good fantasy horror like yep. is made of like just the metaphor was perfect like the acting and the sort of direction around all of that was so good but they really like just the gross body horror scenes happen over and over and over again just yeah. getting worse and worse and worse um and there's sort of revenge rape stuff yeah. in it that was very questionable um, i you know that's a thing for me i don't i don't believe in capital punishment i don't believe in an eye for an eye i don't think it does it leaves it leaves the whole word blind i'm sorry i had to say it but so for me sexual violence is sexual violence and i don't and i and i understand that the show was questioning if what the character was doing was okay i understand that they weren't necessarily endorsing what was happening but it didn't happen in the book and I didn't it was find wildly that it moved graphic. The, yeah, it was so graphic. It did not move the plot. It was unnecessary. Yeah. And sexual violence is sexual violence. And seeing these images is not necessary and is just disturbing for disturbing sake. And there is a small percentage of people that will think that person had it coming. And yeah. that's a that dangerous, slippery slope. Totally. So, uh, it's like yeah. I don't like prison rape jokes. I Yeah. Rape is rape. Violence is violence. It's right. it's not how we learn anything. It's not how we stop perpetrating crime and violence against women and sexual violence against anyone and it I actually had a somewhat large problem with that even more than the ending of the last episode 
which I still think they're going to come back to and maybe make right this. I didn't understand this train change in from the text and it bothered me. Yeah. Agreed. You want to go out on some, some good stuff? Yes. Good news. Uh, just kind of news. Uh, Stars has come out and say it said that they have acquired blind spotting for a TV spinoff, uh, mostly about the, the Rafael Casas character and, but both Diggs and Casas will be writing it. So I'm excited for that. Are um, they in it? Uh, just, just Rafael. Okay. Or Rafa- yeah, just Rafael, but, uh, Diggs isn't going to be in it at least not much. Um, okay. But I'm excited for that. It's in the very, very early stages. Speaking of very, very early stages, HBO Max has acquired the Westing game. I believe very early on in our podcast, we talked about why has nobody adapted this recently. And now they're going to. And that's a great book. And I'm very excited for that. Um, And my son texted me a preview for uh, a movie on Netflix that will come on October 21st. And my son knows me very well because I wrote him back and I said, is that, is that Rebecca with army fucking hammer? Is it, is it, is it? And yes, you guys, they have remade Rebecca with army fucking hammer and, and fucking Dowd and, and Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Danvers. I, I cannot wait. This might be terrible. I do not care. It's one of my favorite books from that I read when I was 12. It is in my top three Hitchcock movies. And I am so excited for October 21st on Netflix to watch Army Hammer in Rebecca. Oh, and nice. Lily Collins too. She's fine. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. It's not Lily Collins. Is it? It's, it's, it's the one that was in Cinderella, not Phil Collins's daughter. I'm totally not helping as here. the unnamed narrator, <laughs> the second Mrs. De Winter. You guys, I used to do a monologue from this novel as my audition piece. So <laughs> I love Rebecca, and thank you, uh, COVID, and for for going back far enough. Apparently, down in Ocean View, because the Hot Boys of Summer, also known as Animal Kingdom, has resumed shooting on season five. So at some point, I will get my season five of Animal Kingdom. How long has it been? Way too fucking long. It's been over a year. Usually yeah. it premieres at the end of May and it is now um, at last checks at last check uh, September 15th. And I have had no hot boys of summer on my TV. Did they know when it's coming out? No, I don't know. Okay. They've just well, resumed good, shooting. Good that it's resuming. Which uh, would bode well for Claws season four to also start resuming. And, you know, Nisi Nash needs to come back from her beautiful honeymoon exactly. and start putting more Claws on my TV. <laughs> nice. Where should they tell us about all this stuff? You can find us on Facebook, which is evil. Uh, <laughs> just search for At The Next Podcast and it will give you ads about podcasts. Because on your quant. Yes, because, of course, Facebook is evil. But if you want to be slightly less evil, you can find us on Twitter at the Knicks podcast. Even less, less evil is, is uh, wow, is email. <laughs> and that's at emotion, uh, is emotion to Knicks at gmail.com. If you want to find me alone on Twitter where I am telling Adam Silvera that he made me cry and Army Hammer that he's hot, I am at Fanny V. Darling. And I got more bad jokes and general grumbling on at Justin Hartung. We will see you soon. Have a good, however long it is. Bye. (laughs) Bye.